Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon. It's Maction Week on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. You'll be betting. Don't be smiling over there. Oh, you you know I will. Uh, Welcome to the program here this morning. We're going to talk some sports with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending uh, some of that time here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list. First guest, Scott Dockerman, bottom of the hour. Talk Hawks. We'll talk uh, Big Ten. I don't know if he's opined on the Big 12 media rights that uh, the uh, word came out yesterday morning. Kind of an odd timing. Uh, But um, Doc's been following the TV chronicles. uh, So maybe we'll get a question or two in there with Doc. Uh, But a lot on the Hawks as they get set to head to Purdue where... Uh, Jeff Brom said this morning, no, it's not that big a deal that Charlie Jones and Tyrone Tracy are playing their old team. We shall see. Um, 11 o'clock, that's the 11 o'clock hour. 12 o'clock, Bama Bob will kick it off. We'll recap the weekend in college football. And then Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State, he'll jump in here at uh, 12.30 as we take you up until 1, Mr. Monday Night. Pretty good Monday Nighter tonight, AFC North Affair. Uh, we'll get Mr. Monday Night's opinion. Game three of the World Series, all tied up at one apiece. The best month of the sports calendar comes to an end here tonight. Happy Halloween, everybody. You have any trick-or-treaters? Not a single one. Light was on? Light was on. Candy bowl full. Did As you get a Snickers? No, we. I don't know what we had. We had I don't know. It was You're not a candy guy. No, I'm not a candy guy. Well, it takes you out of your routine. That's true. Candy yeah. or pop. I've been lucky that they really never um, tripped my trigger, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, uh, did you have a bunch of kids? Uh, in theory, yeah. We were, of course, out and Oh, about. you just put the thing outside yeah, again? Yeah, had right. it out there. We got the ring doorbell so we can see if any kids are being naughty and taking too many <laughs> so away. So what would you have done had you, had you seen some kids? That well, you were... can also pick up and talk. Yeah. I could have hollered at them. How much do you pay a month for that? Ours is not even a monthly one. It is just part of the, it's a ring doorbell and it's just yeah. part of it. Yeah, it's not even a monthly thing that you have to pay like an ADT or something like that. That's right. a monthly one. Hey, just install it yourself, pop it on there and that's pretty slick. And then and it works and it works just oh, yeah. like the commercials? Oh, absolutely. Really? And yeah, if there's somebody coming by with politics or yeah. another roofing person, no, I have a new roof. Thank you, Wolf Roofing. I don't need you guys again. Yeah. You can stop coming by. I just don't have to answer the door. It's pretty nice. Uh, good stuff. Uh, well, we're um, yeah, Cindy and I have been talking about that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's get into the program. A lot of ground to cover. An NFL week has come and gone. The World Series is all tied up at one apiece. But we have to start with college football. Let's talk about the team. Put one in the win column, Trent Condon. I don't care if it was Northwestern. A win is a win. They needed it badly. The offense needed a little boost of confidence. They certainly seem to get that. Uh, this past weekend, your thoughts on Iowa as they got by uh, Northwestern. With the huge caveat that Northwestern stinks. They do. But dot, dot, dot. Hawks needed it bad. We've seen them play teams that are not very good defensively. Mm-hmm. And this offense has really struggled. They moved the ball. Mm-hmm. They looked confident. That mm-hmm. offensive line was highly confident. Caleb Johnson had some holes to run through, didn't he? And the game plan. The scheme that they came up with, it looked a lot different than anything we've seen. Jet sweeps, jet motion. Who does that remind you of? Who runs the football with a lot of jet sweep motion? Think of Melvin Gordon. Mm -hmm. Think of what you saw Mm -hmm. Wisconsin and Mm -hmm. how they evolved and how they changed with Bielema and now what they did under Chris. It was a lot of that jet sweep motion. I think John Budmeyer maybe had his fingerprints on that game plan. Well, whoever did. Yeah, that looked a lot Uh like 
the Wisconsin teams of the past that we have seen. Not just jet sweep motion for jet sweep motion, or when you do it once and you hand it and that's it. Right. Continually. Keeping those linebackers, those safeties, their Mm -hmm. eyes moving, giving them some eye candy. I thought it was a great game plan. Credit to Brian Ferentz, too. Mm -hmm. He obviously was a part of it, but they did something and did something that worked out well. Now it helps the offensive line play better. And Spencer Petras looked completely different than the guy guy we saw play. One of the worst halves of football I've ever seen. Against Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah. From getting benched Mm -hmm. to coming back and having that Credit to Spencer Peters. And a competition, if you want to believe it or not, the first couple of days of practice last week, there was a battle. I don't believe that, but that's what they said. Mm -hmm. Spencer Peters went out there and played certainly his best game of the year. Yep. How about this? Zero to ten yards. Again, these are not difficult throws for a collegiate quarterback, for a Power 5 quarterback. He was 18 of 18 and throws between zero and ten yards of the line of scrimmage. That's unthinkable. (laughs) How many times this year has he just completely airmailed passes? Right. In the dirt, well over the receiver's head. And he was locked in. Your offensive line's protecting. Mm -hmm. That helps. And then when the protection broke down, he would move. He would scramble. He's not a great athlete. No, by any means. But he was out there. Uh Instead of taking a sack, he was going to move forward and try to get something out of it. And it helped. They looked a lot better. Northwestern, their defense is worse than Nevada's, at least statistically. Yeah. So... Again, the he caveat in it. there. I was happy for the kid, Trent. Absolutely. I was really happy for him. And the smiles after the uh-huh. game, seeing Laporte up there, all the guys talking about most fun they've had. Well, of course it was, because he actually moved the football. <laughs> and That's now they're 4-4, four and four, and they got four left, and they need to go 500, and they get to practice in December and play a game. Do they? Do they go four? Do they win two games? Well, I think they'll beat Nebraska. I think it comes down to win one of three. One yeah. of the next three. And that, Nebraska's awful. Rate the next three, then, in terms of difficulty. Uh, um, I think that of the uh, Wisconsin's the most difficult. You do? I do. I think Jim Leonard's turned this team around. I think Minnesota would be second, and I think Purdue this weekend is... Look, Iowa's got a defense. Yes, they do. And this defense is going to keep you in a lot of football games. Um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it goes in order. I think it's Purdue, Mini, Whiskey, Nebraska's the easiest. I think the most difficult game is the next one. Do you? Purdue has had Phil Parker's number. Mm-hmm. And that is not something we can say nope. about anybody. Is that fair? That's true, but I, he's had some pretty special guys. And yes, Charlie, but Charlie Jones is having a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. 72 catches. Um, nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns to go along with it. I, I think they can win this week, Trent. I, do. I think they can. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just think this is the most difficult one. Because of what Brom has done to Phil Parker's mm-hmm. defense. And on top of it, was last week a mirage offensively? Can this offense against Purdue? Well, it's not a great defense nope, either. it's not. It's better than I thought they were going to be prior to the year. Losing Karloftis and, was, and a couple other dudes, correct. too. I thought it was going to be a bigger yeah. step back than they have made. But can they score 24 against Purdue? I think they're going to need to. Is that a realistic I goal? I think that's the goal. Yes. They do that. Uh huh. This is a winnable game. They're all winnable. They're right. also all losable. Because I think that the defense will hold Purdue to right around that number. Mm-hmm. Going to be a fun week. Oh, it's going to be great. And it's eleven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Going to be Charlie Jones and getting to hear him and Tyrone yep. Tracy and what they say before and, the game. And, and, well, Brom said today it's not that big a deal. Uh huh. Sure. Right. I know who it's a big deal for. The secondary of the Hawks. Uh huh. Um, this we is heard this be summer. Fun. This is something that Phil Parker, this is one that he's had circled. Oh, I'm sure he has. And he should. Because it's not just last year or the last couple of years with David Bell or Rondell Moore. Mm-hmm. Mention that French receiver. Nagumu, whatever yeah, that guy's yeah. name was. He couldn't cover him. Nope. He didn't do anything throughout nope. his career except for against Iowa. 
they've had trouble against what Brom does, and we'll see. I believe in Phil Parker. The game plan's got to be similar to Ohio State, right? What they did, hey, you're going to play a lot of man out there. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring extra pressure. We're going to mm-hmm. make it difficult on O'Connell. That's going to have to be the game plan, right. I believe, going into Marvin Harrison Jr. is a cut above Charlie Jones, as exactly. good as Charlie Jones yes, this season he's absolutely. Had. All right, so um, positive it's, it's doable. Absolutely doable. Way to go. Uh, couldn't be any happier for Spencer Petrus, who finally got to meet the media and actually had a good game uh, to talk about. Uh, conversely, up in Iowa State, it's um, I get it. I, I understand why Cyclone fans are seemingly week after week after week that they that they got to pick on the officials. Mm-hmm. It gets old. It, but at the same time, come on. You see it, right? Trent, the ball's on the ground, and they don't even look at it. The ball is on the ground, and they gave him a touchdown and did so without even calling for a review. Come on. How does that happen? Xavier Hutchinson, it's close. Would they have overturned it? Did he get the sufficient yards? Mm. Mm. It's tight. Do you look at it, though, when it's tight? Of course you do. Is that too much to ask? That's what it is. That's That's why why it's there. I like the collegiate rule because of that. Yep. I believe there maybe should be a challenge for coaches, but at minimum, I like that they Mm -hmm. review everything. Mm -hmm. That's what we're told. Yep. Are we sure? (laughs) Well, I don't think we're sure because we we didn't see it happen on Saturday, especially the ball on the ground. It's as plain as the nose on my face that the ball is on the ground. Everybody on TV saw the ball on the ground. Couldn't believe there was overturned. Having said that, Hunter Deckers needs a running game in the worst way. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a major, major part of this team's troubles, uh, that they cannot run the football. I don't know if it's an offensive line problem. We knew it was going to be somewhat of a step back from David Montgomery to Brees Hall to this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cartavius Norton is not 100%. Jirel Brock is not 100%. If they were 100%, would they be the answer? Don't know the question. Don't know the answer to that question. Um, but we do know that this team is still looking for the first win in conference play. And it's seemingly, I mean, look at their schedule. Mm-hmm. Where's their next win? Better happen this week. Better Damn. happen this week. The Oklahoma State game is now 2.30. It's been announced 2.30 a week from Saturday. Either ESPNU or ESPN2. Texas Tech is, yes, winnable. Uh, they gave Baylor a uh, tussle for a while. Um, here's the thing about Texas Tech. They're going to run 90 plays. So you better be ready. <laughs> you better got lots of sleep the night before because this is as quick an offense as you're going to see. I mean, they've got over 100 plays three times this year. They come at you. Uh, you can score on this team. As good as the defense is against Texas Tech, you got to score again a minimum 24. I would go even a little bit higher than Probably. that. Probably. Can this offense do that? I right don't now? know the answer to that. It doesn't feel like they it can. doesn't. That offensive line's a mess. It is a mess, and they can't run the football, and it, they rely on Hunter Deckers, and Hunter Deckers relies on. Um, I don't know. He's just, the game's not slowing down from him. He's taking too many chances. Mm-hmm. He's the right guy. You can see what they've got there, but he's not refined. He's raw at this point. He's still got to figure out what he can and can't do, and that's just going to come with experience. You're not ready to hit the panic button on Deckers and see what Rocco Beck no, can do. No, no, not yet. Not yet. I don't. I, I'm not, I, and I don't think they should be either. A couple of those interceptions are just just terrible, awful. And I there's been a lot more. of them. Yes, I totally agree. And it's not even throwing into a tight window, and a defensive player makes a play. It's just throwing. You can't make that throw. 
right to uh-huh. people. We're into triple mm-hmm. coverage and safety cuts across. Mm-hmm. And I know we sure it would be Rocco Becht. Yeah, I think you so. would we? I, we? I think so. All right, Ashton Cook. Mm-hmm. He's a walk on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now, now walk on worked out well for them before. Uh huh. I get that, but if it came to that point, or let's just say he sprains an ankle, Hunter Decker sprains an ankle, and you got to play the whole second half with your backup. Who do you think it would be? I think it would probably be Becht. I, I do agree so with you. Yeah. I think that's where we are. I'm not sure that that would be a significant upgrade. I'm not. Uh, look, the hype around, and it's clone fans' own fault in a lot of ways. I mean, he was going to the SEC. Oh, yeah. Remember? They're going to have to come up with a, a huge amount of cash because Deckers is this good. He's going to the SEC. <laughs> so, as always, the hype meter is in the red zone from the time the calendar turns to a new year. Until they hit the field. And, and we're not even at the end of October, and it's time to bench the QB and go on to the next guy. No, it's not. you you got to stick with what you got. you you got to stay away from message boards a little bit. No, I love I mean, them. I love I, them. I know you do. I get a kick out of them. I, I know you do. <laughs> They're funny. But that, come on. Before the guy's even taken a snap, he's already gone to the SEC. Friend, it, was not, it wasn't just message boards. It was Twitter. It was everywhere. This kid's this good. He's You can tell he's got talent. And I love the way that, you know, when a play breaks down, he's going to tuck the ball and do the right thing, and he's pretty fast. Should do it more? I think he should. I absolutely do. He just wants to make a play with that arm. Mm -hmm. And he's got an arm. Mm -hmm. He's also got 10 interceptions. I know. It's not good. The numbers aren't good. Not good, but this is a pretty good conference. This is a pretty. This is a conference with a ton of parity. I mean, look at Oklahoma State this week. Who saw this coming? Not like that. Come on. You don't lose like that. No. Adrian Martinez isn't even playing in the game, and he's had a hell of a year. Did Gundy know they had a game? Boy, it didn't look like it. Not at all. Oh, my gosh. That was that was a big head-scratcher. Now there was one more, and I'm going to save it for you and Bama okay. because it's a national score that you'll never see again. Never see again? I don't okay. think you'll ever see it again. ACC. Oh, yeah, the 14-12. 14-12 and four, four overtimes. overtimes. I mean, come on. Can you imagine having to watch that? Well, you love your ACC football. Uh, well, if there's anybody that would do it, it'd be you. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I just, no, okay, fair. Big picture, though, good news for Iowa State in the Big 12 yesterday. Oh, massive trend. Good for them. Good mm-hmm. for them. Uh, that solidifies their place. That it, It's a band of nobody wants mm-hmm. or um, left behinds, and all of a sudden they get a new commissioner here who's got some bravado. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like this guy did. It's not like he caught us off guard by this. But the only question, because it got lost, why Sunday morning with the news? That's when Oran got it, I would guess. I guess, but Sunday morning is already an NFL game ongoing at the time uh, of the news. All the all the Sunday shows are all NFL heavy. Um, I mean, I retweeted it, and I was one of the first people to retweet it nationally. I mean, Stuart Mandel was asleep. Um, but, but, but take me out of it. I was just surprised that it didn't get the... I don't know, the the bump that it deserved because this is a big deal. They're not going backwards. Mm -hmm. That's the most important part of it. And we heard a ton of it. A ton of it. And Trent, even if they tread water and stay where they're at, look, no one is comparing this to the two heavy heads. Mm -hmm. The SEC and the Big Ten breathe different air financially than anybody else. And that's the way it is, and that's the way it will be. But... For the left-behinds that make up the Big 12, all of a sudden, this conference has now stamped themselves, better than the ACC, 
Con- uh, oh, TV yes, wise, absolutely. That goes to 2035. These guys come back again in 31. Mm-hmm. Well done, Brent Yormark. You are number three. Now there's a massive gap between two and three, but you know what? You survive. You did. You survived, and you put yourself in position. The question remains, not just for the Big 12, but the other three conferences, we'll see what the Pac-12 gets in the ACC, is I think of a guy like Chris Kleiman. Mm-hmm. Chris Kleiman, say two, three years down the road. And does he take, not Ohio State, Penn State, mm-hmm. a big SEC job, not mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. but a job like Iowa or Wisconsin or even a Minnesota because the gap becomes that big, yes. not just for head coach salary. Right. But your assistant coach's salary, mm-hmm. because the gap is going to be and significant. I think it even goes further, Trent. I, I think that these two conferences, look, it's it's free agency. Mm-hmm. NIL. Right? Guys transferring. There's a guy in Iowa State you have to be absolutely in fear of a big check coming his way. It's not the quarterback. Norton? It's the cornerback. Oh, it's Tampa. Yeah, yeah. This kid is a, absolutely legit. A guy from SEC territory. Precisely. So here's the thing. It's not going to be, will Campbell leave this year? So I guess you dodge that bullet. Mm-hmm. The bullet that's coming at you is it's free agency. Yes. And that and, the and gap you didn't go to a bowl game this year. Becomes pretty significant. Hey, you want to come play your final season at Auburn with a new coaching staff? You want to and come back and play home in Florida? Right. And it's not just an, an, it's not an Iowa State thing. No, they're going to no. look at K-State rosters. Yeah, Kansas, they're going to yes. look up and down. Yes. And if we see the gap, not just what they have TV-wise, mm-hmm. but the gap financially mm-hmm. as it pertains to NIL. Right. If that is that significant. Can they keep up? Right. That's the other shoe that's left to draw. I hate to say it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's Good true. news, though, yesterday. Huge news. Yes. Massive news. You can't, uh, there's no other way of looking at it. And financially, TV wise, they survived. Iowa State, you can't measure yourself against Iowa. And I know it no. it sticks because that's, well, yeah, you, as yeah, you know, that's what you, what's you made, can. The second Saturday in every September. That's what, uh-huh. but I mean financially. Right. Because it is a different, a completely it just different. Is. But that's fine. Uh-huh. If you can keep up, if you can keep those assistant coaching salaries at least close, their money's going to, they're going to get a little bump instead of a significant cut. Because that's what it looked like. Stuart Mandel, who's completely wrong. I mean, he was just, like, we all swing and miss. Mm-hmm. This is, is he thought, do you remember going back a year or so, that maybe in the $7 million range. Right, right. I mean, come on, yeah. Stewie. <laughs> you're, you're the head of um, college football at the Athletic, and you're coming up with, that's egregious. Well, I'm going to guess he just didn't come out of that thin air. Well, he's talking I, to people in the industry, okay, too. That's, I would hope. Yeah. But whoever, then he's got a name. He's got a, he's got to name names this morning, because that one, he's got some major egg on his face for that one. But just huge. Timing of it, bit of a head-scratcher, but nonetheless, the deal is done, uh, and you got to feel really good about, the, about themselves. Uh, so, I do want to touch on the World Series just uh, at some point with you. We'll get Matt Snyder tomorrow. He's in Philadelphia. Game 3 goes tonight. Uh, McCullers for the Astros. Uh, is going to face Noah Syndergaard from the Phillies. Series is tied up at uh, at one apiece. Who would be the um, two games into it? Obviously, five to go. Who's the Who's the leader in the clubhouse for the MVP right now? I mean, Tucker was unbelievable in Game One. In Game One, right? I don't. I don't think there's a. Have you seen? Have they updated the odds? I, you know, I never looked. I probably should have done that. Framber Valdez. He was good. He was really good. He was really good. That's just one start. It's uh-huh. a pitcher. He's got to be excellent again. He, he might does. even has to clinch it. Maybe. It's something like that to get it. It's just so difficult. I'm uh, going to take a peek here at our friends at DraftKings, see if they've updated 
the MVP odds at this point because Bregman's Bregman's got a home run. He was eleven to one to start, but now we're down to a best of five. World Series props. Uh, so it goes tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday, off day Thursday, Friday, game six, Saturday, game seven. Tucker is your favorite. Yeah, six to one. Okay. Do you have a t- Tucker ticket? I do not. Uh oh. Valdez plus yeah. six fifty. You'd have that. I do. Yeah. Bregman seven to one. Okay, he was eleven. Harper eight to one. Still hanging in there. Real, Real Muto behind him. Then Alvarez, and you get down a little bit deeper. Where's Castellano? Twenty to one still. It was twenty six or twenty eight, I think, when I bet him. Let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you for being patient. Hey guys, um, real quick, uh, Christian McCaffrey's got to get a quick shout out with the triple crown yesterday. Something? That's awesome. Um, I know you guys have been talking 49ers. Look out for them. I mean, if, I agree. if he stays healthy uh, with their defense and the weapons they have, uh, wow, what a team! But let's get let me stay on track here. So, Iowa State. Uh, if you guys remember, three weeks ago, I said, look out for 0-5. I think both of you were kind of like, oh, well, you know, the parody and mm-hmm. da 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 Well, they're 0-5, and you guys bring up parody. Well, parody is when you're 500. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, we're looking down a gun at 0-5. Yep. Now, you may say, well, they've played a lot of close games. Again, close games, to me, the ball's going to... No, there's no, there's no WLCG it, it, in, the, in, in the stats. I, Right. And, but what, what, what I'm trying to say is that comes down to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Not all of it, but some of it. So mm-hmm. now, let's fast forward. I'm listening to post game, and I'm hearing Campbell talk, and I'm hearing about, you know, the coaching staff's here for the players, and, you know, we want the coaches to, to wrap up the players and love them, and all this stuff. That's fine. But as a fan and as a booster, I want to hear what are we doing to get better? What adjustments are we going to make moving forward to get better? Because boosters and fans – that comes down to winning and losing. Now, again, maybe he wants to go to Michigan or Ohio State or Nebraska or wherever, possibly. They want to win, right? Mm-hmm. Now, so let's move forward. We're talking about, you know, uh, side town. I'm going to start calling it winless town because at the end of the day, you have to get wins. Players come to – you guys talk about the NIL. Players want to get win. And what, and what else do they want to do? They want to go to the NFL. Now, I understand he's built a culture, and some of those players is about the culture. But it comes down about winning, having fun, and going to parties and talking to your teammates about how we just kick butt. Not that we're 0-5 and, and is about togetherness. And now, the last thing, you guys talk about Iowa and their season ticket holders. Let's talk about Iowa State. Iowa State can't even sell at a home game this year. So let's look at their schedule next year. If they can't sell games now... If they only win one or two in a conference, how are they going to sell games next season? Ken, let's ride. <laughs> yes. Can you believe he played that card at the end of the yeah, Of course he did. Yeah, course. He is a weird duck. He really and truly is different, right? Those knee highs. I mean, just uh, the whole plane ride going out there. But Now he's got to do it every week? I guess. Right? And then the teammates line up behind him. Um, but to see Seattle... The way that they're playing, Trent, I watched a lot of that game mm-hmm. yesterday against the Giants. They're good. They are good. They're solid. They're yes. running around. They're having fun. Yes. And hearing, hearing Richard Sherman, what he has to say about it. hearing uh-huh. former teammates uh-huh. about him, was that a part that was just completely missed by everybody? Just glossed over because you take the uh, talent of Russell Wilson, and these murmurs have always been. Well, out there. did you, Tyler Locker after the game yesterday? His, his quote was, "It's it's nice. We got a bunch of guys in here who doesn't care who gets credit for the win." Now mm-hmm. he didn't say sure. who that was directed at, and it could have been some of the Legion of Boom. Mm-hmm. 
But it also could have been Russell Wilson. Very well, could have been. <laughs> right? It's pretty and easy. he didn't clarify it. And Lockett's had tweets already this year. I think maybe even that Monday night game to kick off the season, I thought he had something out there. I mean, he there's a lot of former mm-hmm. players that had not glowing things to say about him. No. But even before this He's year. He's more worried about his brand. Right. Which is not good. <laughs> not right now. Uh, they're they're three and five. I mean, I don't think Hackett would have survived the plane ride home as far as he survived, but his job would have um, been there when he got home had right. they not won. Um, do you like that Sunday morning game? I didn't see much of it. Well, it's on your phone or on it's on the ESPN Plus, which is just weird. Put it up on the screen. And yeah. Just, nah. Just weird, isn't it? Anyways, it's 1126. It's time for another keyword. Still looking for our first winner in the building. How about that? That's brutal. No, there's been... Hey, no, no, there was... I think there were the eastern part of... Oh, Iowa. eastern. Yeah, I eastern. I don't All think right. we've had one in the building. Mm-hmm. Time for another $1,000 handoff. Head to KXNO right now. Enter the keyword bank. Uh, bank, the 11 o'clock keyword in this nationwide keyword contest. Bank at KXNO.com. Well, Scott Dockerman will join us next. Uh, Bama Bob, Trent, and I going around college football to kick off our number two. Uh, Nick Oson covers Iowa State. He will be here. Iowa, have a, the uh, McCaffrey's crew has an exhibition tonight. Yeah, against Truman State. Any TV? BTN Plus. Is it BTN Plus? Do you have it? Yeah. You going to watch it? Yeah. I'm out. No, not going to do it. Yeah, I don't think so. Not for not for this one. I like the Monday night game, and I love World Series game number three. Um, you got your iPad. Well, I do. I don't have BTN Plus. So was that thing you month? Well, I, I got a password. <laughs> well, we don't do that. What, no. What, 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 what is that ding me a month? Is it ten bucks? Yeah. And what else do you get? Uh, there'll be some women's games on there. I think there's like four games altogether. Uh, three non-conference. All November. Games one in December, maybe. Is there? Yeah, something like that. Of course, they're not going to ding you for one month. You got to get two months of it, right? Oh, boy, that's how they do it. Uh, Miller and Condon underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point to me from the Urology Center of Iowa. <laughs> Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Monday, 11.30 on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman, uh, he covers Iowa and the Big Ten uh, at The Athletic, along with other duties that come his way. Hello, Doc, Trent, and Ken. Thank you for coming on. How are you? I am fantastic, guys. How are you this morning? Doing well, and I loved your tweet this morning when you were getting back to somebody, but uh, and I think your last, of course, it was uh, Northwestern, and these stats really shouldn't count. Uh, I think you'd reach the end, Doc. Uh, <laughs> you just, um, enough was enough, right? Yeah, I think I'm about there. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, 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 I'll tell you what, you know, I mean, we, let's not, we're not going to pretend, and I'm not going to pretend the Northwestern's some good team. This is a bad Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, if it would have been close, then it would have been, hey, how can you be this close to a bad team? And they blew them out. Well, it's just Northwestern. And, you know, I, I get it. You know, this isn't a great year for Iowa. I mean, they're on the borderline of whether they're going to be bowl eligible or not. But if you can't really just look at this game and say, yeah, I'm happy that they won. They played well and they, they had fun. And the players looked like they actually, after the game, they were had a smile on their face. I mean, you, you know, if, if you can't be excited about that, then maybe you should either, A, pick a different team or just not watch sports. So it felt like uh, watching the game, the fingerprints of John Bidenbeyer might have been on this one a little bit. Looked a lot like some past Wisconsin teams, both with Bielema into Paul Chris, that jet motion that they use. Though it's been a part of the Iowa offense, it felt like it was a staple 
on Saturday. Any talk about the game plan because it looked different. Now, when your line's blocking, your quarterback has time, you got running lanes, of course it's going to look different and, and look a lot better. But did you see that in the jet motion? Not just jet motion for jet motion's sake. Felt like they were really using it, using it effectively. Well, there was a purpose with it, and there has been. It's, they've used it the last few years. This was just the one game where it really took off, and I think a lot of it, uh, as Brian has said to me before, and I ran the quotes today, is that he uh, that a lot of times it's it's opponent based, and that it's designed to, to create uncertainty, especially at the second level with the linebackers. That it gives them something else to look at, so therefore, a lot of times that they can get to the second level blocking. And what we saw was twenty different jet sweeps. Uh, mostly with Arlen Bruce, but some with Nico Ragaini. And, uh, you know, that was about, you know, probably at least a third, if not half of what they've done this year. And what it showed a lot of was, I mean, this Northwestern team is not what it was two years ago with Mike Hankwitz. I mean, they were, uh, they were all over the place. They had no idea where the ball was going, which also allowed, again, much better open running lanes. Now, they still ran zone. A lot of zone, so it was less Wisconsin-y, and I wouldn't. I don't know that I would put it on uh, John Budmeyer. I would give Brian credit for that, as opposed to somebody else, just because it's Brian. But uh, I think I, I do think that uh, this was a good game plan. It worked. They scored on four possessions in the first half, and uh, it did show that I think some jumbling up front and the fact that they were able to use this and create uncertainty is something that they've got to really look at as a staple, a part of their package not just kind of uh, window gimmicks. Yeah, it seems that they do have some certainty at the kicker position. Drew Stevens from 54 and had uh, it had an ample leg. Not like this one just snuck over the bar. And the good news is, Doc, he's a freshman. They've got him for another three more years. Hawks got a kicker again. Yeah, they've been pretty fortunate in that area. Because, uh, you know, they go out and they kind of recruit somebody as a, as a walk-on, but as a... Uh, uh, you know, the preferred walk on of that. And he came in in the spring. It was a really good competition. And, uh, he's really owned it now that he's 11 at 12, uh, from, you know, and in field goals since game three on. And he's pretty good on kickoffs too. He's got a really strong leg. And, and really, you know, what we saw in the spring and then in the summer was, you know, he was, he had potential, but he wasn't real. He wasn't always accurate. Well, now I think what we've seen is he has the accuracy to go along with it. And, and that's, a, that's a critical component considering what Iowa has coming up in their four games and with their defense. Um, you know, field goals are going to be really important. So I think right now that's, uh, you know, to have that certainty when that was such a question mark going into the season, I think has been a, you know, really one of the big pluses for Iowa this year. Certainly a plus on Saturday, 33-13, the victory. Offense moving up and down the field, nearly 400 yards of total offense out of this group. We talked about Northwestern. They're not great. Was it a mirage, or do you see the final month of the season? This is the time Kurt talks about a lot, this final month. Is this something to really build upon and, and create some optimism over these final four games? I think it's a mix there, Trent. I think part of it is, yeah, it's something to build on. I mean, they had a, a good performance. It's really the first one that you can look at and say, all right, they, they looked the part. They look like they have something going there. And, yes, Northwestern, you also take that and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's a weak team probably next to Nevada. It's probably the worst team they've played. Um, but what you do is you, you look at what you did well, what worked, and take that and, and move forward with it. And, um, you know, Michigan and, and Ohio State are in the far distant window. They're much better than any team Iowa is going to play, and they're better than Iowa. So I think you, what you do is you say, okay, let's hone in on the things that really worked. Let's see what else can work with it. 
and take a step forward. I, I think it's possible. I'm not saying this team's going to go out and look like um, Purdue, <laughs> the team they're going to play on offense, but I think they're capable of mounting, you know, three, four, maybe even five scoring drives a game. And if they could do that, it gets them into, into action where I think they've got a chance to win all four. They also could lose all four. I'm not mm-hmm. going to pretend that's not the case, but I do think that they – they finally looked apart, the and with their defense, I think they got a chance to be in every game. And speaking of that defense, I, I did. I got a kick out of Jeff Brom this morning uh, talking about the upcoming game against uh, Iowa, and he, his quote was, "I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but I think it's pretty close." Is um, it's not that big a deal to Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones that they're going up against their old team? Well, I'm guessing it's a pretty big deal to DeGene and Mayweather and Schulte and Moss and Phil Parker. Uh, Doc, this is uh, this is uh, the game within the game. I think is how those former Hawks, uh, how they do against the, uh, what we think is a pretty good secondary in defense overall? I think he's trying to minimize something that is sure. trying to be much different on the field. I mean, you know, both of them have different motivations. I mean, Tyrone Tracy was kind of pushed down the, the chart, and rightly so. Last year, he did not perform up to expectations, and Arlen Bruce kind of assumed his role, and Arlen Bruce was a better player for Iowa. Um, you know, Charlie Jones was underutilized at Iowa, to, to say the least. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think there's – but I, I don't know that his motivation is going to be so much uh, against Iowa as Tyrone's will be, but I think Charlie's a much better player. And I think on conversely, Iowa's motivation is going to be much stronger against Charlie Jones, a guy who went to, to, through the spring with them, lived with those guys, and now is, uh, you know, going to be facing them. And really tip the balance in the West Division. Uh, if Iowa has Charlie Jones, you know, I don't want to play this hypothetical game, but I kind of feel, uh, confident that they might be, uh, six and two, uh, if they had Charlie Jones. So that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a game within the game. And, and I imagine tomorrow the Iowa's players are going to minimize it as well. Certainly Kirk will, but come Saturday. If we could have a mic on the field, right. I think we'd hear a lot of chatter. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Scott Docterman joining us from The Athletic. Also some motivation from the Iowa defensive coordinator, Phil Parker, because Brom and company have run circles around mm-hmm. him in a lot of different ways throughout the years here. What do you believe? What is going to be different here defensively? What's the game plan for the Hawkeyes against Purdue? That is a great question, Trent, and I'd really like to know more about that this week. Now, they're not going to give away any specifics, mm-hmm. but... I think what you what we've looked at for the last uh, few years, obviously, is there's no more David Bell, and and hopefully, you know, in Iowa's case, I don't think or they'd want to see him even on the sidelines out of uniform if he shows up or something. But uh, I think what you um, what they've got to do is they, they've got to figure out how to uh, the spacing on the field. Purdue takes advantage of that, and they've got to get to the quarterback. If they can't get to the quarterback, Aiden O'Connell is very accurate, mm-hmm. and he'll make them pay for it, and he'll do exactly what they've done in the past. And the one difference that Jeff Brom does against Iowa that other teams don't do, and, and that is one, he's not real concerned with running the ball. He'll do it, but just kind of as a, as a okay, we got to do it here and there. But he's not afraid to take chances down the field. And he will attack you repeatedly down the field, not just once here, oh, we got him, let's, let's remember this one. No, they'll do it the next play, and then they'll do it two plays after that. And uh, so Iowa has to be really in in guard. I, I really think that this is a, an extreme cash game uh, for Iowa, and they've got to maybe play a little more cover three than they're used to, just because they got to guard the deep thirds as opposed to halves. Doc, uh, going back to the week of practice leading into the Northwestern game, do you believe it was a legitimate battle between the two quarterbacks to decide who was going to get the start? Yeah, I do, because I think that in this case, they wanted to see 
all right, let's give Padilla a shot here uh-huh. and what, what he was able to do. Now, that's not to say the tight end go to the incumbent, but I also think they wanted to check Spencer's mentality. Mm. You know, is Spencer, you know, is he uh, mentally beaten down? Is this, oh, you know, forget it, I'm not doing this. And then, you know, and conversely, did Alex really take it the, the bull by the horns and, and, you know, move forward? And, and really from what they saw and, and what it sounds like is Spencer continued to <laughs> – practice the way they expected to i know nobody wants to hear that part but <laughs> but he did continue to practice and take leadership and ownership and he was the better practice player again and in that so that mentally it wasn't a situation where he was down so he went out and played his best game i think i've seen in at least a year maybe since maryland if not even better considering all the the things going around so i i think uh you know my, i was probably wrong i thought that they needed to make that change they didn't and i guess we'll see if that's validated this weekend though also, some talk of uh, Spencer seeing a sports psychologist. Is that is that a big part of Iowa football or just Iowa athletics in general? I know there is a dedicated person inside the athletic department, a sports psychologist on staff. Hadn't heard a ton about that. Do you have anything on that, Doc? Yeah, this, this is something that they've done for a long time. And I remember ta- I talked to, uh, I think last year for a story, I talked to Gordy Bohannon, and he said that he would go see one all the time and just – kind of visualizing and focusing and, and kind of massaging your thoughts. And uh, they've had one on staff for quite a few years now, probably five or six, seven years, something like that. I've lost track of time. But uh, a lot of basketball players see uh, the, the sports psychologist because it's really a skill-based type of thing. I mean, because when you're talking about skills, you're talking about mental, and that's baseball hitting a baseball, you know, shooting a three-pointer or shooting a basket, throwing the ball, kicking the ball. Those are things that are different than just slamming yourself into somebody and making sure your technique is right. So those things are valuable, especially when you're Spencer Petrus. And I would say I'd put him and probably Adam Woodbury as the two most maligned athletes I've seen in 15 mm-hmm. years okay. here. And, and so I think that's really something that um, is, you know, that he's had to do and work with and it's worked for him and it worked for him last week. We'll see what happens on the road at Purdue and, and when he comes back home. But uh, it certainly did work this week. Uh, Doc, uh, I know that uh, at The Athletic that you certainly follow television contracts very closely when it came, comes to the Big Ten. I wanted, did you have a chance to look at uh, what your mark uh, hammered out with uh, with Fox and ESPN, the Big 12? Uh, looks like they've solidified themselves, which is huge because they're not going backwards. No, it's not a significant bump, but there is a little uptick in there. But the good news is it's going to survive uh, and uh, there's no huge cut. Did you get a look, chance to look at it, Doc? Yeah, I did a little bit. You know, Matt Fortuna and Max Olson, you know, handled the yep. lion's share of the Big 12, and they did a nice job with that. I did talk to them a little bit, kind of um, some of the background. And I think, uh, you know, what it did is, is yet again, the, the Big 12 survives, and it got uh, a nice uh, increase. I think there was a lot of concern, especially two years ago when uh, Texas and Oklahoma were – or I guess it was a year ago now, <laughs> I'm losing track of time, but a year ago when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were going to leave, there was a lot of concern that was going to kill the league. <laughs> and, well, you all right? Excuse me, I, I apologize. I, I'm, take I'm, I'm talking, making my own. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, now now you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, it's not only going to survive, it's going to thrive. Yep. And if anything, it's really kind of, I, I think the best part for the Big 12 is it's kind of removed those wandering eyes. We, ever, ever mm. since 2009, 2010, that's been a, a, a couple of, those have been a couple of teams where you've kind of wondered, okay, when are they going to leave? When are they going to leave? They're the ones that are the, the straw that stirs the drink. And then finally, uh, now they're out and you can kind of solidify. And this is going to be a really fun league. 
mean, you're, you're bringing yeah. in Cincinnati, a, a very competitive New Year's Six team and a playoff team last year. Houston was should have been in that ballpark. BYU has been in that discussion. St. USCF has been a New Year's Six team. And then the, the holdovers, um, you know, TCU is playing a heck of a season. I think K-State might end up being the best team at the end of the year. Iowa State's been good. Oklahoma State. You've got some really good football programs, and basketball is going to be off the charts. So I think they're betting on themselves. I think they bet and they won. It's just a matter of, um, you know, now just finding your place. You have an opportunity to be in the playoff every year. Mm-hmm. That's a really good place to be. So I, I really like the positioning and the contract the Big 12 got. Basketball tonight against Truman State, led by former Hawkeye Jeff Horner. What do you anticipate to see, if anything, for the Cagers as they get ready? A week from tonight will be the regular season opener. An exhibition game. It's not Slippery Rock, but it is <laughs> against Truman State. <laughs> yeah, the Bulldogs from Truman State, formerly known as Northeast Missouri State. Uh, you know, I won't be there tonight. I'll be. Uh, I, I usually have a TV show on Monday nights, but I'd say this. Uh, you know, it, it's a. It's probably a good thing for them just to kind of test themselves against a, a quality team that generally gets to uh, almost always gets to some port of the NCAA tournament at the Division Two level. You could guarantee that Jeff Horner wants to play hard and and come back and and compete. So you're going to, you know, and a lot of times these D2 teams like a Truman State will come in and they'll, they'll be more cohesive than a lot of the, the low, low major teams that they play. So I think you're going to see a good effort and they're going to get tested a little bit. And, and that's going to be good for them to see what they have at point guard. I mean, is it going to be Tony Perkins, you know, handling that mostly? Is it going to be DeSante Bowen in stretches? Uh, you know, uh, you know, Connor McCaffrey, where does he line up? You know, how do they play in the post? That's all going to be really critical, I think, for this team. Doc, great stuff. We are we're off next Monday due to Iowa State women playing uh, during the day, so we'll talk to you next Tuesday have, uh, if your schedule allows. Have a wonderful week, Doc. We appreciate it. Oh, you won't because Tuesday's right. uh, media day, yeah. so we'll get you later on yeah. the week. Thank you, Doc. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we catch up with our buddy. You know, I wanted to ask him. I guess there's no alternative to the way the teams get off the field at Michigan Stadium, right? Oh, right. I mean, it's uh, it's surprising maybe that it hasn't happened more mm-hmm. than what we saw after the game. I mean, what's the Wolverine doing amongst all of those Spartans, anyways? You never know. I mean, you're talking to somebody after the game. There's things that can happen. I get you. That's yeah. true. I mean, it's just. Um, and after the Penn State game, they said they're going to have more security there. Where the hell was the security? Standing on the periphery by the south. Looks of things. They want no part of that. I'm not saying I would have. But um, it was a bad look. Yes, it was. We'll take a time out. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon will be joined in hour number two. Bama Bob and Nick Olson, who covers Iowa State. Mr. Monday Night. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. In Ankeny. Five minutes before noon. Welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. All right, World Series tied one apiece. Off to Philly they go for the next three tonight, tomorrow, and Wednesday. We got a series? I'm still not ready to go there. Not yet, huh? No. What happened in game one, Verlander? And how about those numbers from Verlander in the World Series? Isn't that crazy? It's terrible. You know, it's one of those things that you just kind of forget about. Mm -hmm. And then it comes around, oh, yeah. He's not good. He's not good. He's 0-6. But he was cruising along, and then it yep. completely blew mm-hmm. up. And because of that, I'm not ready to go there. Like you, I'm invested in the Astros, and I thought, I'm not going to reinvest after game one. 
is it time now? Is it split one one? I'm still not ready for that. I, I didn't go didn't do a thing. I still think Houston is the better side on this one. But this crowd tonight's going to be so oh bonkers. Do you see who's throwing out the? There's four people throwing out, and I'm, I know I'm not going to get them right. Brandon Graham of the Eagles, uh-huh. Mike Schmidt of the Phillies, Ooh. Bernie Perrant of the '70 Flyers that won back-to-back cups. The goalie that does nothing for me. I know, but this guy might. Doctor J. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Doctor wow. J, Bernie Perrant, Brandon Graham, and Mike Schmidt, all guys that won championships in the uh, what do they call it? The city of. Brother Brotherly love. love. Yes. Um, it's going to be nuts. It absolutely And it's Noah Syndergaard going mm-hmm. up against Lance McCullers. I give McCullers the edge over Syndergaard. I do too, yeah. This is not the same Syndergaard. No, it's not. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. I'm just, environment-wise, it's going to be mm-hmm. absolutely lit. And, you know, after coming down from a 5 nothing deficit, too, even if the Astros are up, you know, 5-2, something like that, this crowd's still going to be into it. I heard, and I can't remember who it is, I heard... Uh, last week on Tony Kornheiser, somebody that has followed Philadelphia sports for a long time, and, and the guy mentioned this is as beloved of his team as he can really? remember in a long time. It's, it's just of any sports team in Philly recently, recently, okay. even the Eagles team that won the Super yeah. Bowl. Now it culminated in the Super Bowl. Right? There's something about this team though that the city has really gravitated huh. to, and I really what it would be. I, the way the they fact dug that out they of the fought hole, back to yeah, get to this point, probably something mm-hmm. like that. Dug out of the hole. You're not going to win the division, but you're plucky mm-hmm. and you're tough, and you get in. And now, obviously, what they've done. But well, now it's four. It's seven nothing in the fourth inning. I don't want to hear the crowd. <laughs> seven nothing Astros. Oh, we know what that Philly crowd's going to be like if that's <laughs> going to happen. Yes. What a fun night of sports, though, huh? It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. Clicker's going to be very busy. Yep. Uh, NFL from yesterday. Just, just real quick on this because nobody cares about the Panthers and the Falcons unless you have a ticket on the over in Carolina, which I do. Uh-huh. Um, so DJ Moore scores, right? Yeah. The improbable, improbable Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. All they need is the extra point to win the football game. Moore takes off his helmet. 15 yards. Further back for the idiot kicker. 48-yard extra, extra point. point. And the idiot kicker missed. And then My he missed question. again in, in, in overtime. Well, yeah, they get the ball back after the Mariotto uh, interception. And it's great return. They get it back, at, I think it was about the 20, 25-yard line, something like that. And Carolina just runs it in line mm-hmm. three times. What are you doing? That's coaching malpractice there. Your kicker has just missed to right. win the game. Yep. I don't care how short it is. And nope. Panero pulled an Eddie Panero, and he yanked it again. And he just, did? What are you doing? Uh, I, the NFL coaches, week after week after week, this is the highest level. They think themselves. The highest level. And you got these guys. What are you doing? Roll a guy out. PJ's playing well. Yes, he is. He made that yep. dime throw nope. to DJ Moore. Yeah. Do something. No, run in the line three times. Here's a field. Miss. Mm. Just, More impressive. I mean, Buffalo, what can you say about this team, right? Really did, did they look the part? It's, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Bills. It is. It's at this point, it's a disappointing season if they don't win it. What's their, Well, they ran the ball against them. The Packers ran the ball, well, Jones did, mm-hmm. uh, against them. I guess if you're picking nits today on this Bills team, my God, this Josh Allen. You got to score, though. You do because yeah, he you know, makes mistakes and they're always covered up too, yeah. right? What do you have? Two interceptions, right? A couple, yeah. Uh, but but just running the football, he's six foot five, two hundred and thirty pounds. Wow! Uh, <laughs> had the right staff. It wouldn't have happened in Denver. I'm telling you, he had the right yeah, guy. But it's one thing for no. you or me to miss on a guy. This nope. is a Hall of Fame quarterback by anybody's estimation. He wasn't the only one of one. the best ten quarterbacks to ever play the game. It's not a Denver thing.
They, you were not. John uh, Elway was not alone. Oh my God! Oh, I got Bradley Chubb. Hour two coming up next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, one hundred six point three KXNO.